Welcome to Pedagogue, a podcast about teachers talking writing. I'm your host, Shane Wood. If you have a second, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. You can find us online at pedagogpodcast.com to read transcripts and learn more about our contributors and collaborations. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore pedagogue underscore and Instagram at pedagogue podcast. In this episode, I talk with Will Duffy about inviting students to engage and reflect on writing, constructing assignment prompts, collaboration and co-authorship, and responding to collaborative writing projects. Will Duffy is an associate professor and the director of graduate studies in the English department at the University of Memphis, where he teaches courses in writing, rhetoric, and technical communication. Will, thanks so much for joining us. I was hoping we could start by talking about your approach to teaching. What are some of your pedagogical goals or aims or values when it comes to teaching writing? Well, thanks, Shane. I'm, I'm excited to be talking with you. It's interesting because over the past couple of years, I've started to notice how the more experience I get as an instructor, the more analog, if I could use that term, my teaching gets. It's just become really more streamlined and simple, I think. I, I can't remember the last time, for example, that I've created an assignment where the prompt was more than a paragraph or a half page. At the same time, though, the amount of writing my students are doing, no matter what the course, has really increased. So my students are writing constantly, and I'm asking them to think about their writing constantly. But the stakes of that writing, I feel like, have been really broken down in a lot of ways. So I, I'm sort of on my, on my second year of going completely gradeless in the classroom, which is just incredible in terms of like what it does to students, students' own sort of agency as writers. But yeah, I mean, so so again, I just sort of, I mean, my, my approach is not to make it overcomplicated. I try to create occasions for students to um, experiment with writing in ways that uh, might be challenging for them, but also in ways that allow them to step back and engage with the decisions that they had to make and what they were going for. Yeah, I mean, if all of this amounts to an approach. I'd say that in every course I teach, my goals are pretty simple. I want students to write a lot. I want them to think about their writing a lot and um, to explore and experiment as they build an identity as a writer without any of the pressure that a lot of them have internalized from what I think for most of them has been up to this point a pretty strict and impersonal education as, as, as writers. Well, it sounds like One of your goals is to get students engaged in the writing process and then have them reflect on their writing and thinking. So how do you facilitate or or cultivate this importance or this emphasis on reflection and encourage students to engage in this deeply reflective practice? For a lot of the listeners of this podcast, this, you know, I don't have to unpack these terms, but But the way I've often explained it before in terms of um, my primary goal as a compositionist is to get my students to become compositionists. In that, essentially as a compositionist, I view that work as someone who is intentionally aware of 
and observant of and sort of engages with the metacritical processes that we bring to the task of discourse production or writing. And so I think that at the end of the day, students are best positioned to develop as writers when they are attuned to the mechanics of their own writing and thinking. You know, when I say that I want students to become compositionist, I simply mean that I want students to leave. If, if a student can leave one of my classes with a better sense of why, for example, there's value in maybe drawing out the drafting process a little bit longer, or if they have a better sense of why they struggle with certain rhetorical forms, or if they have a better understanding of the anxiety that they bring to the writing process. I tell students, if you're just, if, if any of that knowledge is present, you have grown as a writer. And that's the kind of thinking that, that, that again, is, is going to promote your continued de de development in that way. In terms of like methods, I've, I've really embraced, especially in um, lower division courses, I've really embraced the, I, I use the term small writing to kind of encompass what, it, what that looks like. So I really don't like to assign papers anymore. Um, I still do, but, but like the idea of like, hey, like this is going to be your literacy narrative paper. And then here's your discourse analysis paper or whatever. I feel like there's personally, I should say, I feel like there's just too much scaffolding going on with those concepts. And so what I'll do is I'll create a series of, let's say, 10 to 15, like small writing prompts, and they might be organized by a particular kind of genre, or they might be framed as a particular kind of rhetorical occasion. And I'm going to tell students like to engage with those prompts. And, you know, a lot of times I'm asking them to produce writing that maybe writing a Yelp review, for example, right? Or it might be writing a particular kind of professional, uh, a piece of professional correspondence that's maybe a couple pages long. We might meet, move through one or two of those a week. And so I'm constantly reading the writing, giving them feedback. And then maybe by the end of the class, I'll tell them to pick, let's say, half of those small writing assignments to go back and revise. And so in that sense, I'm giving students the option to really kind of ex experiment with a range of writing occasions in any given class, and then to sort of let their own interests um, and questions guide which of those tasks to pursue further. These smaller tasks are, are really fascinating to me because in many ways, it feels like it centers the writing process more than, say, a, a larger writing prompt that kind of hedges to a written product still. So maybe that's something for us to consider how, how the prompt itself encourages students to think about a product, even in our, our best attempts to focus on the writing process. Or, or maybe this makes us think more about how to design writing prompts or assignment prompts that detail the process more than the final product. And I, I don't know, does any of this make sense? Absolutely, which is again, it's again sort of when I think about so I used to, when I used to design courses, or to say for the longest time, I would always start with the assignments that I wanted my students to complete. Um, I, you know, there's, there's talk of like the value of backward design, for example. So maybe you start with the outcomes for a course, 
or the goals you want and decide what kind of activities would best support those goals. And all that makes sense. But I always would start with like, well, I think it's important that students write a research paper, right? And I think it's important that students do a rhetorical analysis. And, and I would try to sort of make those assignments the benchmarks for a course. But inevitably what happens, right, is that students always delay the writing of these things. And, and again, I think that they create sort of arbitrary sort of uh, sites for anxiety. Uh, and so, so again, I think, I think just, for, again, this is for me, like if I can change that framing even just a little bit to say that like, hey, we're going to experiment this week with descriptive writing. And what does that mean, right? And so, and I give students a prompt. Well, you know, it might be that some students are going out and doing some really kind of heady, abstract, artistic, descriptive writing about some kind of abstract process. And then another student might come back trying to describe everything that they saw in the hallway outside of class in between course periods or something like that. When again, sort of the goal isn't so much a product as it is a kind of thinking and a kind of writing just for, you know, in, in order to get a sense of what the experience of writing that kind of thing feels like and does. So I want to turn attention to your research, which includes collaborative writing. In your book, Beyond Conversation, you talk about how rhetoric and composition needs more theory and pedagogy on collaboration. You provide a history of collaborative writing theory, tracing back to the 1980s with the social turn. And and additionally, you talk about co-authorship and you ask this question, what happens when writers compose together? Can you talk more about your motivations for, for writing this book, this topic on collaboration, collaborative writing, and what you hope writing teachers and composition studies can take away from this good work? Sure. Yeah. So back in 2001, two of my mentors, um, Hepsi Ross Kelly and the late Kate Ronald, uh, published an article in um, College English about Paulo Freire as a pragmatist. And one of the things they do in that article is they summarize their take on what the tenets of North American pragmatism are, two of which are um, human experience is always the test of conclusions. And the second one is an idea is defined by its consequences. And I think those two ideas are at the root of why I ended up writing this book. Um, In short, I was curious about why so much of our existing theory around collaboration and collaborative writing in particular really seemed at odds with the experiences of it in terms of how scholars would write about those experiences. Um, And personally as well, you know, having a lot of mentors in graduate school who encouraged co-authorship, you know, I was, I was writing with others, you know, by my first year as a PhD student. And so I, and again, I was like, why, why do I, why do I theories of, of collaboration so why are they so abstract? Why don't they really capture the experiences that I'm having right now? And so, and so I started, you know, when, when I started researching the book in earnest and doing some qualitative research that actually, that, that in particular, some interview work that never made it into the final draft, I realized that there was a lot of room to develop a theoretical orientation that was rooted in these concerns of pragmatism 
including the belief that an idea is defined by its consequences, which is why the methods that I discuss in the book so often fall back or emphasize the role of co-authors naming for themselves the differences that collaboration makes for their work together. It's also why one of my favorite chapters in the book is the last one that I co-wrote with my writing partner, John, and that actually incorporates an interview that I did with Hepsi and Kate about their own experiences as a collaborative writer, as, as collaborative writers. Again, I just thought that we could better explain what collaborative writing does on the rhetorical level, while also figuring out ways to empower for co-authors the importance of, again, sort of naming for themselves the processes that make a difference when they do. Well, based on your research, did you get a sense of how universities and, and really English programs at large value collaborative writing and co-authorship? And, and also, do you have any recommendations for how departments and programs might reconsider and, and even revise standards or policies that place a, a greater emphasis or, or a priority on single authored publications as opposed to co-authorship? Yeah, so there's a few different ways that I think you can answer this question. So scholars who study intellectual property and um, authorship practices in particular, for example, have long pointed out the irony of how the humanities discipline in particular has come to embrace critical theory and critiques of sort of platonic individualism, yet in practice, they overwhelmingly privilege sort of the romantic ideal of the lone creator, or at least sort of the lead creator, if you want to use that term. Even in fields where co-authorship is the norm, like the social sciences, the logic guiding most of those attribution systems still atomizes individual labor. So I, th so I, th I think it's important that, that, we, that we not conflate the idea of co-authorship with that of collaborative writing, especially since in most fields, the term co-authorship simply refers to sort of how we, how researchers might share credit. It doesn't necessarily speak to the quality or the novelty of whatever shared labor a set of contributors engage together. Um, so I think, you know, like in thinking in terms of recommendations and what I think scholars in the humanities can do to really reorient how we engage with questions about collaboration is, and again, I'll, I'll stick to my lane, to my lane as a humanities scholar. I think first that we need to popularize and destigmatize scholarship that explicitly claims its status as collaborative. Um, this includes, I think co-authors need to be encouraged to, and shown how to articulate the quality of their, um, of, of, of the products that, that they produce and sort of why that collaboration makes a difference. But there is a, a sort of no politics talk at the dinner table quality to, to, to the suggestion, I think, which is to say that I've seen um, some of my colleagues get uncomfortable at the suggestion that we should be kind of performatively self-reflexive in this way when we publish. But honestly, that's the only way that I know how to model for junior scholars and grad students, um, not, to mention, not to mention undergrads, that that collaborative writing is not is is just as legitimate an intellectual practice as, as writing alone. Um, and then a second, I think we just need to build in more opportunities for students to write together in all of our courses. 
and in a variety of contexts. So I'm not suggesting that we should explicitly design collaborative assignments that force students to write together, but we can provide opportunities where they are invited to experiment with various modes of, of co-authorship, especially if those opportunities are cumulative and if students are encouraged to kind of continually practice collaboration across those contexts. How do you invite students to engage in collaborative writing? What does that look like in your class? So for one, I am always, I mean, always issuing invitations to my students to write together. Um, Even when they don't take me up on it, I think these invitations help to normalize the idea of collaborative writing, um, which is something that the vast majority of college students are never going to have the the chance to experiment with, at least not when it comes to, um, and and I'm using this term in scare quotes, sort of authentic collaborative writing, by which I mean in TechCom, for example, team writing projects are quite common, but a lot of times those projects are scaffolded by an instructor ahead of time. And part of the work is sort of having students assume roles that are sort of predefined and their work kind of, so essentially like all they're really doing is figuring out how to engage in like a process of project of project management. Whereas I think when it comes to developing writers, the value of collaborative writing is found in all of the struggle involved in trying to figure out not just what to write, but also how to write it and how to manage that process. I think that like, you know, again, like most students are never going to have the opportunity to engage in that kind of interaction with someone else to produce a piece of writing that neither of them can predict what the outcome would be, but also a piece of writing that, you know, an instructor can't necessarily predict as well. So much resistance, I think, to, to collaborative writing in, in a lot of times is linked to grades and performance, which is, I think, one reason why removing grades from writing classrooms is so important. Removing a grade as an object of anxiety um, from the equation, I think, is it, it goes a long way in helping students experiment with some of those activities that would lend them the opportunity to see for themselves the unique value that co-authorship can bring to their work together. I don't. So what's interesting is I don't. When it comes to actual activities, I don't necessarily plan collaborative writing tasks very far in advance. But it just really depends on the class. So, for example, I'm currently teaching a graduate seminar focused on academic publishing, and I'm making my students experiment with writing together in a, in a very low stakes context that I have planned planned for. But in my undergrad teaching right now that I'm doing, you know, the when, when I have suggested, you know, the idea of, of writing together, it's really on the fly. And it's based on sort of the questions and the struggles that I, that, that I see students bringing to me. I also tell students in most of my classes that they can co-author any of the assignments and as many as they want. A lot of scholarship on teaching collaborative writing says that we have to design assignment prompts that, you know, scaffold the work in a way that it's like literally impossible for one writer to complete the assignment by themselves. But I don't think that's necessary because again, I think um, which is say I don't design special prompts for collaborative writing practices. Um, 
because I think part of the joy of collaboration is using your combined efforts to transform a rhetorical situation, which I think is really, don't we, isn't that what we always want like our students to do? Like, I don't think, I mean, I never want my students to parrot back what I tell them. I don't want them to write what they think I want to read. I want them to transform the rhetorical, you know, occasions of, of writing something that I've given them and make it meaningful and useful in ways that they can articulate for themselves. And so I think in this way, I view assignment prompts as kind of contingent invitations to begin writing and then to see where it goes. And so again, like that, that's why to, to circle back around, I'm always issuing the invitation. And when students do take me up on that, then, right, like depending on the students, depending on the class, you know, then I might say, okay, hey, like, why don't we schedule, you know, like a 20 minute talk next week when like we, we like the three of us can sit down and just talk about strategy. Or maybe I give them a, a short like article or some research, you know, again, like depending on the project and depending on the students, there might then be some more sort of engagement with them, helping them sort of mediate that, that process. But a lot of times I'm just like, go for it, you know, which is why I think issuing the invitation is important because when students, you know, volunteer, when, when they sort of, you know, enter into a collaboration with someone because they want to, because they've selected that person, I think it's really important to let that play out on its own without as, with as little intervention on our part as possible. Well, this is my last question and it's about response. So I, I'm not talking about letter grades here because I know that, that you don't put grades on writing. Um, I'm more interested in how you respond to writing. How do you respond to collaborative writing projects? Does it look the same? as response on, let's say, an individual single author writing task? Or does it look different? How do your response practices or methods change when it comes to responding to collaborative student writing projects? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, one of the key words that I develop in the book is the idea of resistance. I think that all writers, not, not just collaborative writers, but like essentially what writers do is they engage with and transform resistance. And so that's where I think, so, so, so again, like one of the, this is something I talk about in the book a little bit, one of the shortcomings of so much of the social constructionist sort of approach to collaboration that developed in, you know, there was between 1980 and 19. 95 or so, there was a lot of, a lot of compositionists wrote about the ethics of collaboration, pedagogies of collaboration, its challenges. And so much of it kind of got, so much of that discussion, I think, got stuck in the dichotomy of conflict versus consensus. You know, you're, you want to aim for consensus, but oh no, we can't aim for it because aiming for consensus is, is not the ethical way to do it. But so we have to make room for conflict. But, but conflict is where, you know, that's, you know, students don't know how to manage conflict. And I think that I sort of embrace the idea. And I, I sort of, you know, my idea of resistance speaks to all of the things that make us pause in the writing process. 
all the things, sort of material things, the abstract things, and the challenge that collaborative writers face is how to engage with and account for all the resistances to their writing that they're going to experience. Um, resistances that inevitably are amplified and more visible because we're writing with someone. You know, when we're writing by ourselves, all of the sort of kind of the habits and um, the, you know, the, the, as John Hodgman would say, like the little weird seeds of our writing process, like they can kind of go unnoticed, you know, but when writing with someone else, like suddenly our process, the things that we do, our habits are suddenly more visible to us because we know that they're visible to someone else. And, and so I think, so, so, you know, to answer your question, you know, it just depends on the students involved with the classes, but if it's, if we're, if we're talking about sort of novice writers, if we're talking about first year writers or, or, or sophomores, or even juniors who are really sort of writing together for the first time, especially if they're writing something that in another context might be considered a higher stakes piece of writing, so maybe they're reading something that that is resembles a, a more conventional paper. I definitely, you know, ask them to not just I, I ask them to sort of try and document the process as much as possible. But that is something that we talk about where my practice sort of departs from earlier kind of pedagogical recommendations. So I've read a lot of pedagogy that says after a collaborative project or a team project, always have the students write sort of a personal reflection, you know, at the end. What do they get out of the process? You know, um, sometimes you might even ask students to assess themselves. That's useful, but but I, I, I do tell students when they do enter into a collaborative writing um, scenario together, especially if it's, again, a little bit higher stakes, I do say that I'm going to expect them to also write a collaborative reflection by the end of this. They can pick the form. They can, you know, if, if they would rather, you know, do what we're doing and create sort of an audio recording, a conversation, they, they can do that. But I do want them to set aside time to together go through and talk about the collaboration itself as a collaboration to try and for themselves name what differences it made if it did if it did make a difference and this is the thing that I, that i think a lot of people struggle with both students and instructors collaboration like all writing can and does fail it doesn't work it doesn't yield the kind of results we were hoping for and so you know i have absolutely seen student writers who for any host of reasons just the collaboration it kind of fizzles out and it's not really successful and but I do still think there's value there in stepping back and saying well why is that the case you know and so yeah I mean I think that again like you know keep getting rid of the grades is is really is really important if 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 what we're crediting students is if, we, if what we're if what we're crediting students for is the labor that they're putting into the work then asking students to sit back and sort of critique that labor together i think you know again like what more could we ask students to do than to develop you know in practice how they think about and talk about writing with others thanks will and thank you pedagogue listeners and followers until next time